welcome to the Reinforced Running Podcast. My name is Rich Ryan. I will be your host. Today, we have Taylor Thomas back on the podcast. And Taylor is a veteran endurance coach, head coach and founder of Taylor Endurance Coaching, and host of Endurance Minded, the podcast, which is also based around endurance training and coaching. So, Taylor joins me today, and what we did, we looked back at our entire coaching careers, and Taylor's been coaching for about 15 years, I've been coaching for about 13 years, and over the course of those years, we've made some mistakes. So today we lay out our top five biggest mistakes we have made over the course of our coaching career, just to kind of help give you guys, the listeners and the coaches out there, a perspective on some of the things that we've done and how we kind of see coaching and the way that we can get performance from athletes changing down the road. So love this conversation. I think there's a ton of great takeaways here. Taylor is a deep thinker and he really delivers on a lot of topics today. So let's just get to it. Taylor Thomas. All right. Taylor Thomas, my friend. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, man. How's it going? Good to see you. Great seeing you, too. I'm, I'm real excited to have you on here. So we've known each other for, I mean, maybe about a year now, maybe a little bit less. And we've worked with each other at a couple of different capacities when it comes to uh, coaching and just kind of like where we want to build business and everything like that. And uh, recently, you kind of recommended this book called Think Again. It's by Adam Grant. And, and basically, it's about a, it's a book that's about like taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture and not always being so focused in on what like you might think in in like your immediate world or like the assumptions that you might have had uh, in in your past. So it's it's like just taking a look at what you might have done wrong. So that's what kind of gave me the idea behind this podcast is like learning from the mistakes that we've done as coaches and then just giving it to the people. And I figured you'd be the perfect guest to have on the show because I, I feel like you'll be. Uh, equally open to sharing these embarrassing mistakes that you've made as a coach. So I, I appreciate you taking taking the time. So yeah. what we're going to do here is we're going to do a countdown. Um, we're just going to do our top five uh, mistakes that we've made. And because who doesn't love a list, we'll just go five to one. And so I feel like this will be helpful for anyone who is a coach, who is self-coached, or who has a coach. And I think there's a lot of good takeaways you can take from this. So uh, Taylor, when you were doing this, what was the process like when you were like looking back at the mistakes of maybe what you would have done over the past couple of years of coaching? Yeah, that's a good question. I I, I was making the list because you know yeah you and I talked and I'm like okay list format and I was like that's good I can wrap my head around uh, around the list format and uh, and then I got to thinking I got to actually writing it down and thinking through you know when I yeah when I started as uh, which has now been uh, you know about 15 years ago. Um, to now and and it it honestly I, I I was like man I should have done this a long time ago like I it's probably good um, to it's good practice to think about your mistakes right because you know success can't come without failure and um, so it's good it's kind of cathartic and it was good to lean into that and and uh, I'm a big uh, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in, in kind of uh, in using the right language around things so like you you know say like hey that was a failure you know like call a spade a spade and um, and, uh, yeah, it was good. It was, it was, uh, it was not hard because, you know, I've, I've made tons of mistakes. I mean, I, I had to narrow, it was hard to get, uh, to get, to get five. Um, but I would say too, like, and I'd be interested in like what you thought I, I found, you know, so there's like, um, I, I found my mind, I kind of split it in two. Um, I was going in two different lanes. One was like the, um, uh, like the, 
the tactical mistakes, right? Like, oh, I didn't um, like the way I did things, right? So like maybe that was a uh, an administrative, you know, uh, screw up or something. I would have changed the way I did that, or I would have changed the way I wrote training, or right. So that was like the okay, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing a task. It was like task oriented mistakes. But now, like as I've matured as a coach and and as I've matured as a person and learn and grow, it was there was like another side of things. It was like um, uh, like mindset mistakes, right? Like oh, I wasn't thinking about that the right way, or I wish I would have had the information and the mindset. And and I was like, oh, that's interesting that there's like this kind of this like tactician side of things, or this like okay, I'm doing it and that's a mistake. Like I just didn't do it right, or I didn't, I wasn't thinking about it right or or as nuanced or correctly as i could have and and i yeah that was like an interesting diversion i was like oh so now i got like two lanes that i can just you know um and i and what i found was i i was actually waiting the like mindset side of things more i was like because that's where i'm at like i care now more about like how i'm thinking about things versus not that doing stuff isn't important but I feel like I kind of I've done a lot of it, so I kind of I've made a lot of those mistakes, and I kind of got kind of got that pretty dialed. Now I'm like, oh, am I thinking about this the right way, or is there another way to think about it? Which brings us to the book, right? Like that's why I thought the Adam Grant book was so killer. I was like, oh man, this is crazy. You, like if you allow yourself to step back, this could kind of like change your whole mindset, you know, if you're willing to like lean into some of this stuff. It's so funny that you had it that way because I did the exact same thing. It was, I had it, I was turn, called it like nuts and bolts, which is more on like the programming side of things. Like, oh, I actually did. I, that might have not been the best way to implement like the actual training. But then the other side, I was like, oh, like more on the philo- philosophy side or like, yeah, like the mindset piece like you're talking about. So I found it like two or maybe even three type of di- type of uh, categories that I kind of dumped these mistakes into. And this is the, the second time that the listeners might be hearing from you because you, uh, I was on your podcast that I shared on my feed a couple months back. And during that episode, we talked a lot about like the mindset of things and how much we've kind of strayed away from just like the nuts and bolts of things and just like the metrics and all of it. So like we are very much aligned in that. And it seems like we're kind of going along the, the same process. So that's all. I, I'm pumped to hear like what some of these mistakes are. And I'm, I'm curious if they're going to overlap because we haven't shared our list at all. So we're just going to go talk about them um, and then we'll be able to kind of talk back and forth about it. So that's what I figure we'll do. We'll go through our list and we'll give, uh, we'll each get a chance to kind of vamp about why we made this mistake and kind of talking about it and what we'll kind of learn from it. And then we'll, we'll kind of correspond together kind of discussing if we went through that or, or kind of like digging into it a little bit more. So I think that sets the stage pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'm excited to hear that you, yeah, I think there's, yeah, we'll see if there's overlap. Uh, yeah, because like you said, we we, yeah. we don't know what each other's are, but I know we're in the same lane with a lot of the mindset piece. So uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see see where it goes. Let's just do it. So do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, so I, I did. I, I Lead us off. So are you going to go five? Yeah, I'm going to go five. I'm going to start at five. Five through yeah. one? Five. It was hard to. And did did you put weight behind them? Yeah, that's a good question. I I did I did rank them a little bit. Um, with like ones I felt like were, I don't want to say serious, but like ones maybe that I cared that I thought were more impactful versus less impactful. So I did I did try to think through that a little bit. I mean they're all, I mean they're all mistakes, you know. So at the end of the day, you know I don't. But I did I did try to weight them. So. 
So I'm going to start at five, and that's going to be my. We're going to end with the biggest mistake. That's where I is that cool? Same. So we're going to we're gonna, we'll, we'll end at one. All right. So 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 my number five um, is uh is not, and this is again, this is like this is that I was in the mindset space uh, for this one uh, was uh, or is not being uh, crystal clear out of the gate uh, in my coaching practice and my business. Uh, with my personal and professional mission statement. Um, and so for me, that was one of the things that I I had to, unfortunately, um, I had to retroactively do. Uh, it, it was, you know, later in my coaching practice and later in my business. But um, that was a big... That was a big misstep on my part. Um, I, I I should have, and I wish I would have. It took me a long time to get there, relative to the amount of time that I was coaching before I had that information. Um, I, I wish I would have made sure those. I wish I would have had those clear, uh, personal and professional, and I wish I would have made sure they were in alignment. Uh, it would have saved me a lot of headache and heartbreak, uh, and it would have made me and has made me ultimately a much better coach, um, business owner, um, mentor, so on and so forth. So yeah, number five, not being crystal clear on my mission statement. So you don't have to get into the specifics of how they correspond, like personal versus coaching or anything, but how was this ended up being a mistake? Like what kind of things happened in like either your coaching practice or like your business practices that like made you look back and be like, oh, I wish that I was clear on that at this time. Like, well, how do you know that was a mistake? Yeah, it was, it was, it really manifested itself, um, in the, the place that I was coaching from, right? So I, I was not clear on what I was trying to accomplish as a coach and what my, what my, my core values and my mission as a, as a coaching group were. And that caused me to not be consistent in the type of, um, in how I was coaching, right? I was chasing, mm. essentially, or I found myself chasing different philosophies, different personalities, different styles to try to, to to align with the athlete or the people that were working with me and for me. When if when I became clear on those things, it I was able to to be so clear on the type of coach that I am, the type of athletes that I work with, what I care about as a coach, uh, what I think is impactful, how I can make the most impact. Um, and that like, that takes all of the, that like wishy-washy thought, right? I'm, I'm just like, this is it. This is my lane. This is what I do. This is what we do as a business. Um, and I just, yeah, I spent a lot of time wasted a lot of time truthfully just you know running around trying to figure out what i was in alignment with um when if i would have if i would have led with that it i wouldn't have had any you know i mean how much time and headache and you know for and truthfully too like for the athlete side right like i mean that's the thing as a coach like they're frustrated like if i'm not clear they're not clear right if if i don't have that vision if i'm not confident in where in what I provide and how I provide that and the relationship that I'm bringing to the table, the athlete's not getting the best version of me 
either, right? So it's it's reciprocal. Like I'm frustrated that I feel like I can't make the impact I want. And the athletes, like, what is this guy doing, right? Like, what, why am I not getting you know what I thought I was going to get or whatever? Whether that's from a service perspective or a relationship perspective. So yeah, it was. Um, and again, like embarrassingly enough, that took longer than I care to admit to arrive at. Uh, I chased my tail for who knows, you know, many years. Uh, but that's part of the process, right? I guess, right? I mean, you gotta. Yeah, like I, I'm thinking about like kind of the way that I, like, have kind of come to this myself and, and done like lots of exercises around it, and I do have it like kind of like written, right? I have it someplace, someplace that I that I look at often, and like, and having that, doing those type of exercises is helpful for that. But if I would have started like when I started coaching, yeah, I started probably like in 2009. So if I started with a philosophy or mission statement, then it would have been wrong. I wouldn't have known. I would have just been mm. off base. You know, I wouldn't have known who I was necessarily right. as a coach or even like as a person at that point. So I think that is something that like you kind of have to build up into to like really nail. And do you have it like written out? Like, do you look at it? Yeah, that's you're, you're right. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Like I, I'm so... Like that's the driving force, like literally per- like personal and professional mission statements. What my like team, that's how we run our business. That's how we interact with our clients. That's how we work with our partners. That's how I, you know, work with people on our team. So yeah, now it's, it's like the guiding force. Um, but it's because I'm super confident that like, that's the, to your point, like it did take time to get to that. I'll say too, like to your point, I wonder I also am totally open to, and it, and this has happened with me, like that's a living thing. So, so I've, you know, it can change, right? Like I've tweaked it. I've had, I've had that information now for, you know, let's say six, eight, 10 years. It's, it's different now. It's the root of it is the same, but like understand, like there's nuance and I've tweaked it. So I think you're spot on. Like, yeah, if I would have had it from the start, it, I wouldn't have been, driving at the right thing but it's also good to get it out there like now in my mindset uh i'm like okay good like get it out there and then also know that you're gonna change as a person like the landscape's gonna change the industry's gonna change like the way that we do what we do and and so you might have to like stay to that like root cause but but make sure that it's like adapting too you don't want to just want to be like well this is my thing and like be blind to other stuff that's going on right and those are like missed opportunities or or whatever totally and just kind of comes back to the book just being able to know that you're yeah gonna be wrong at some right adam grant man cool that's a great one that's a great yeah a lot you know in my case (laughs) yeah um all right cool yeah okay what's your number five so my number five is being to buy the book and this is more in the nuts and bolts category like the, the the training one and i remember being a younger coach and thinking that all of like the science of endurance training is straightforward. And to a certain respect, it is, you know, it's like, it's like anything progressive overload, you know, like linear progression, whatever, polarized training, 80, 20, blah, 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 whatever. Um, And just like sitting down and writing a plan, I thought was the most important part of coaching and the actual, like what the athlete is doing is going to drive performance the most. 
And there's definitely an element of that, right? Like if you're not, if you're, if your programming doesn't make any sense, if you're a coach and like, you just don't have a firm grasp on how all of these things work, like you're probably not going to get very good results, but it, it doesn't mean that there is one way to kind of do it. And so I used to kind of stay within these parameters of, of like the what to do. And I've really tried to break out of that because I feel like that's really kind of stifled the creativity and takes away from the art of, of coaching. And there's definitely an art when it comes to corresponding with your, with your athletes and, and, and motivation and making sure that their mindset and your mindset are all in the right place. But there is also a space for creativity when it comes to the physical aspect of it. And for me, I was like sticking with these things. It's like, okay, if they do this and then they do this and then do this, they should get this result. And it's not always like that, you know? So I wasn't always willing to step outside of, of that, that box uh, of training, but it's important. It's important for us to try new things, to have fun with coaching and to help get better results that might not be in a book, <laughs> you know, that might not be like proven in a lab or anything like that. So um, that's definitely something that was when I, in my early years is something that I was really kind of hard on. Yeah. Oh man. That's why you and I get along so well. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, hallelujah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's that, like I always describe it, you know, I think coaches, coaches or coaching can be seen as, um, and and, you know, my motto is like, if you're going to be a good coach, don't be a training plan factory, right? Like, like, you know, the prescriptive component is important. Like, absolutely. You got to understand the science. I spend, you know, we all spend tons of time in that space, but yeah, you got to coach the athlete, you know, you got to be creative. You got to like that, that art science balance is, is I think the most important part of coaching. And, and honestly, like, and maybe, you know, I'd be curious, like, I think it's the, probably the most overlooked, right? Like I think so many, we all, everybody just talks about like, Oh, what workout do I do? I'm like, okay, yeah, okay. We can talk about that. Right. Let's talk about what the, what is the training dose that, that is going to, you know, elicit the, the dose response. We can get there and we can talk about it, but like, that's not the answer. That's not the only answer. Like the equation is, is bigger than that. And there's more parts. Um, yeah. When, when did you come? Like, was there a moment when you, you know, like, how did you arrive at that? Like, was it just not working with athletes or what, what caused that shift in your thinking? Yeah, I think a, a little bit of the the results. I mean, if they would stick it and it would and they would do it, it would work, right? But it's not always that easy to just to just anticipate people being able to do everything that's on the training plan, right? And then kind of learning different modalities of training outside of just endurance and just kind of seeing how these things kind of overlap, like taking principles from. Uh, powerlifting or uh, or like rock climbing and seeing how they these things kind of intertwine and they're all the, the same type of uh, of stimulus but in a different package and then being able to kind of play with those things and and, and work and, and so like I wasn't just stifled by the workouts that I've always known or that like I've always read about or my coaches have always talked about it's like oh there's a there's a lot of different ways to kind of do this and honestly being involved in obstacle uh, obstacle course racing has helped that a lot because there's different elements, right? And then when you start learning outside of just the endurance piece, 
it's like, oh, there's a lot of ways to do this. So like, let's, let's see, Let, let's see how the different intensities in, in the different modalities kind of intertwine and how they can, how they can really work. Um, so it was more just like meeting the demand of what the athletes needed and making sure that like th- it was doable, <laughs> you know, like not a, like that it was doable, it was achievable and that people felt good doing it. Whereas like, if you just write out mm-hmm. what Jack Daniel says, I don't know. It's probably not going to fit for everybody. So, like, it took a minute to do that. It's like, well, why am I not getting these results? It's like, oh, because these athletes aren't, they're either not bought in to these workouts or they don't like doing them or they're just not in the space where they need to be yet to accomplish them. So, it was a little bit of both of those things, I would say. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, I I think, again, like, that's for me, like, such a cornerstone. You can have the best you know, training plan in, in the world, but if it doesn't align with the abilities and expectations of the athlete, it's worthless, right? Like if, 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 you know, if you're like, okay, six days a week, you know, you got strength, we got speed, we got, you know, mobile, whatever your components are, but if the athlete can't execute on that or they're not into it or they're not bought in, well, who cares, right? Like six days, you got to figure out, you know, and I think that's, again, like that's where the coach shines, right? Like if you can nail it down, as an athlete, a training plan is great, right? If you can just execute all day long and you, and you're just like, and you're dialed in, but if, if, and when, you know, for 99% of us, when things go sideways or, you know, other things get in the way, like that's when you, yeah, you, like you coach the athlete versus the, versus the training. And, um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I love that. Um, I think, yeah, again, that's for me, that's probably like one of the biggest markers, um, of, of maturity as a coach, right? Like, I think that's a real, the, the coaches that I talk to and that I really look up to, like, that's the sentiment, right? Like everybody's like, just like you said, you're like, yeah, that's all well and good. Like I gotta, I, I know the science, but I gotta make sure that fits the athlete and you gotta be open to trying different things, right? So if you're like coaching mm-hmm. runners, it's not just running periodization, right? Like maybe there's other, things that work, right? Like it's, it, you know, just because one thing elicited more speed or more strength or whatever, doesn't mean you can't try other things. And yeah, that's my favorite thing about coaching now is like being super willing to, to try anything that might work for an athlete. I'm like, let's give it a shot. I don't know. You know, like let's, and let's see, and let's, and, but like, let's lead from a place of expertise, but also like, Let's try it and let's and let's make sure to communicate and see how it goes. And taking the feedback from the athlete, right? If they're like, I hate this, <laughs> it's like, okay. Or it's like, I hate this, but I understand where well, I'll do it because I understand. Or if like, I just hate this and don't ever want to do it. Or I feel like I would get better results if I did this, this, and this. Like taking that, putting the ego aside, putting all this time that we have spent and that that athlete knows their body better than I could ever know. I don't know how they're actually feeling. So like taking that into account i think was also really big but i feel like we could do a full pod on this so let's cap that that was my number five taylor <laughs> what's, your no- what's your number four number four um uh not being um impactful enough with my communication um mm. so again this is obviously more in the mindset space uh i'll give a little bit of background kind of where i'm coming from with that i and this is this really this um, kind of layers into, or I say definitely uh, layers into uh, my number five, which is that kind of crystal clear on the mission, not being 
when I wasn't 100% clear on the type of coach that I was and the value that I brought to the relationship I have with my athletes, I also was not uh, as good at communicating. So I didn't, you know, I might have, I was like, well, you know, am I a cheerleader coach, right? Am I just coming in and, hey, good job, great work, right? Or are we talking about metrics? Are we, you know, talking about the science of things? Are we, you know, and, and so I spent a lot of time trying to navigate that. And what that led to was, was not being, um, and, and, and I used impactful because that's really where I'm at now is like, when I speak with my athletes at whatever frequency that is, I want it to be, I'm, I'm very careful to make sure that it's about something that provides value and has impact, right? So, so I'm not the, you know, and there's, and then this is, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing to be a cheerleader coach, but that's not where I have the most impact, right? Like that's not, so what I try to bring is communication that leads to impactful uh, conversations, right? That lead or, mm. or provides that impact and value to, to my athletes. So if we're talking about a workout, if we're talking about work, if we're talking about balance, if we're talking about um, how we're going to do their training, what it looks like, the frequency, you know, uh, the, you know, scheduling side of things. Um, I want to come in, in a way that's impactful so that, so that it actually makes a difference, right. Versus just saying like, you know, Oh, all right, good work. I'll see you tomorrow. And there's not, there's not, again, I mean, that there's a time and a place for that, you know, that type of language, but I really try to think critically now about that impact and like, okay, like if I'm going to, cause everybody's busy too, right? Like if I'm going to ask for that communication, that time for my athletes, I want to make sure they're getting something out of it. Um, so yeah, so, so being, I wasn't great at that at the start again, very similar to number five, just kind of like not quite clear what I was trying to accomplish. Um, and now that's something that I, really, really work on. It's an active process that, you know, communication skills in general, but making, you know, having that impact and yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's much more, uh, it's notably better, you know, in my, in my mind than just kind of like running around, like, you know, communicate here and like nothing's ever really getting done. Right. And, and then what I found is I was like, I was missing moments, moments of impact. I was like, Oh, I really should have been talking about this thing. But while I was over here paying attention to this thing, I really missed this this critical piece in the athlete's life. That's what we should have been talking about, right? Like the fact that they had a great tempo run, that probably that wasn't the that wasn't the thing, right? I really should have been talking about the fact that they just got fired from their job, right? Or their mm-hmm. kid is sick or their right. So like shifting that mindset to have impact, not that the workout component isn't important, but just like paying attention, you know, or knowing when to ask the right questions, right? When things seem a little off um, and getting to some of those kind of core pieces that that drive athlete success outside of just a good workout, you know, which is which is important. But so often the other things are like what derails us. It, it's very much kind of all uh, along the lines of my number five where, but in a different respect and more of the coaching respect, like hat, like picking your spots, like what's impactful, uh, like just how, like which workout is going to be best for that athlete. Like 
I loved how you put it with the impact and because I've definitely gone down that route where it's like using communication for the sake of communication just to like express that I'm here as a coach and we're just kind of like we're not talking about anything you know like we're just like just kind of like chit-chatting more or less and just kind of and you know there's probably something said about developing a relationship that way but that's not necessarily the relationship that this needs to be so like picking those spots with communication it's something that i've had a tough time doing as well and just like kind of being clear on those expectations around communication it's like what's better bi-weekly phone calls or phone calls when things are really needed to drive things forward you know and like that's something where i've right. i've, I've yeah. definitely struggled and like you said for me it's on, it's ongoing all the time and it's like i work i change it almost like weekly in my head like what's the best way to do this how can i organize this how can i make the impact and what's what's a good use of time because that's another thing too it's like time and what time builds on the expectations for what uh, the communication could be so how's it going <laughs> how are you doing with it yeah <laughs> um yeah it's it's good I, I, and i love this like you know, this, you mentioned like the biweekly, you know, as coaches and the services that we provide as coaches, so often the way that they're contextualized or outlined leads us down this road, right? Where you're like, okay, if you're going to sign up with a coach, you get one phone call, you get four emails, you get but, 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 whatever. Um, and I really try to shift that language to allow for some, for some like openness of communication where you're like, to your point, you know, if we need to talk every week, great. But if, if there's nothing to talk about, then, then, you know, it's as much about me valuing that, t- that athlete's time as a resource that is, that is finite and, and get, getting in there, you know, and I always tell my athletes, I'm like, I'm here whenever you need me. But we also like, if you don't need me this week, like I'm not, that's fine. Like we can still, you know, it doesn't detract from our relationship um, and, and, you know, and, and so much of that, I mean, that, that's a big cover, you know, there's a lot going on there in that there's, that's kind of a crux piece of the coach athlete relationship, but there is a, there is an opportunity again to have that impact. And then, so to your question, like I, and a lot of this came to just being very clear about what I, you know, what I wanted to accomplish as a coach and, um, it's good. I, I, what I what I look for is how what does that athlete need from me in terms of impactful communication, right? Some athletes uh, at some stages need more frequency. They maybe they need more touch points. Maybe we need you know maybe they have dynamic things going on in their lives. Some athletes don't need. That's not the way I'm having impact right? A phone call every other week is not the most impactful form of our relationship. So I look for it elsewhere. Um, so I'm, so I'm always, what I try to do is be open to, again, like leading with that impact, um, and see how that kind of manifests itself. Right. And like, listen to the athlete and ask them too, like, Hey, how can I, how can I be there to support you? You know? And, and, and if they're like, man, I really need to jump on the phone. Like there's a lot of shit going on in my life. Great. I'm there. Let's make it happen. Um, if not, then we'll, do, you know, we'll, we'll work to have impact in other ways. So, yeah, but it's, it's yeah. a very active process. Again, like that's something I daily, like I, you know, I like make notes in my, 
you know, like <laughs> impact, right? Or something in my, like I, it has, cause you could just be like, it's easier to not do that. Right. I mean, the, 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 oh, yeah. the challenge is that that's, that's, that's challenging. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, rock and roll. Yeah. Where I lost count. Where are we at? I, what, did, I, did you do number four? Or did I? <laughs> no, that was your, that was, that was your number four. And again, we could, we could have kept going and, uh, I have more to say, but I'll stop. So I'll go on to, I'll go on to my number four. And this is another one that's kind of nuts and bolts. Um, and a little bit of expectations of, of things. But my number four is like, I used to be dead set on trying to help people through injury. And I think there is a point where it is a coach's job to help maybe, uh, keep people from going over that edge or how to take time when they might be teetering or kind of putting like a big picture of like what's going to serve you best and to prevent that. But sometimes people are just going to get hurt. You know, it's just something that's going to happen. And regrettably, uh, as it sounds like, that's just how it's going to work. Like you might just be thinking you're doing everything, but there's only so much we can do as remote coaches. Like not seeing people, we're not, we're not, we don't know everything that's going on in their lives and people are going to get injured. And I would try really hard to either like create rehab programs or like kind of do some diagnosis of what it could potentially be. And uh, I don't really know. (laughs) <laughs> I like I think you can know enough to like have that experience to like try, try to help people get over different things or, or help them investigate what it might be but dude, there's like people dedicate their full education to doing this stuff you know and it needs to really be taken care of right. and the athlete themselves need to kind of take ownership of the rehab process and learning what feels good and learning how to come back from that on their own whereas a coach is like it's really just hard it's hard for me to to give them what they need uh, to really kind of get back. And there's other people that can do that a little bit better. Um, so I've let go of that considerable amount. And I think this is as I was a young athlete kind of dealing with a lot more, uh, a young coach, I mean, like trying to solve everyone's problems, be everything to everybody. But now I know that that's just like, I just can't do that. <laughs> it's out of my, out of my, out of my wheelhouse. Right. Right. Do you, uh, do you think that some of that, is uh is like a an evolution of like your the coach ego you know like i i feel like some of that is uh for and because i've had the same experience and like as you develop as a coach you feel like some of it's like hey man that's that's a pt's job or that's a you know like i don't have to be that do you do you feel like as you kind of came into maturity and like confidence in your expertise you were able to like let that go some more totally and like it's like when you see even like say like a personal trainer who has run a marathon, then they're like pitching themselves as a uh, a running coach, and I'm just like, you have no idea what the scope of this is, and 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 like how deep this can go, and what and what it means. So just because you did it, like, doesn't mean you can t- like teach people and coach people how to do it. And I feel like I was kind of doing that for what someone could do in like for PT, right, or some sort of physio. I was like giving them like the very surface level information that I thought I knew. And I, I just, I think it was an ego thing. Definitely at that point, not taking a step back. Like, okay. There's a lot. And then there's no way that I could even dedicate nearly enough time to really getting into what's it, what is involved in really helping people through this. So I stopped. I tell people, like, I don't know, just go. I wish I could help. It might be X, Y, and Z, but like to really figure it out, like you got to go see somebody. Yeah. Right. I think that's a, there's a misconception too, that like the, the coach is the, is the like catch all. Right. I'm like, no, man, it takes a team, right? Like 
Mm-hmm. You you need like if you got if you have issues with nutrition, you need a dietitian. If you have issues with body mechanics, you need a physio. If you got alignment, you need a chiropractor. You need a general healthcare provider. You need a doctor. You need it. A coach is the is a part of a team, and knowing that that team is critical, and you know and that's what I tell my athletes. I'm like, hey, I'm here to help you put together a team that allows you to maximize your full potential. But I'm just one part mm-hmm. of that team, right? I, I'm we're in we're in a zone here. And my zone is is pretty pretty solid, right? Like I got a really good handle on a lot of things in that zone. But if we step outside of that zone, that's another part of the team, right? I'm not your nutritionist, I'm not your or your dietitian, your PT, your mobility expert, your but like, you know, I know about those things. I can speak to them and then to that end, and this is like to your point like when we get off of that ego as a coach, it allows you to know when to speak to them and when to say like, nope, that's not my lane, you know, mm-hmm. and say, hey, we've maxed out my, you know, we're out of my wheelhouse. That's not my thing anymore. Or or it's not in the purview of our relationship. And, you know, I think that's where, I don't know, people, it, it's it's challenging, right? Like the coach can become that like anything related to your athletic pursuits I'm like, no, that's, you know, it's, it takes, it takes a village, you know, like for me, I got, I got all kinds of people working on me, you know, I got coaches and physios and chiropractors and doctors and blood tests. And, you know, I don't expect a coach to do all that. Um, but it, it, it can be challenging to, to know when to like step back and be like, um, you know, free up that space for some other expert to come in. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome going to kind of bleed into like some of uh, my an- another one that I got. So I don't want to go spoilers. No spoilers here. So Taylor, you're number three. What do you got? Number three, um, letting my own athleticism define my coaching. So mm. specifically, how how quote unquote good. That's a that's a shitty word to use, but like how good I was as an athlete or, or proficient or whatever, how fit I was or am, um, define the caliber of coach that I thought I was. Right. So, so I think a lot of, a lot, you know, you see this happen with a lot of coaches. Like you come from an athletic background, you maybe a very high level. You, that's your, that's your world and your space. So you begin coaching. Um, and you think that there is the way for you to be a successful coach is to, to be a high level athlete. Um, the, that can be true. Like I'm not saying that, that if you are that, that you're a bad coach, but for me, like I let that get in the way as, as I transitioned my athletic identity away from, um, an elite level athlete to, someone who enjoys athleticism in lots of different facets, I really struggled to like loosen my grip on that. And I was like, Oh, if I'm not, if I'm not optimally fit all the time, that diminishes my, um, my clout as a coach. Um, and I don't, that's not, that's not true. I think, I think that, a coach's athleticism is really, if they choose to 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 be an elite level athlete, fantastic. But that doesn't 
have anything to do with their ability to be a great coach. Now, certainly you need to understand the dynamics of your sport. Um, and you need, I think you should, should continue to apply what you're coaching in your own life. But like, I don't need to be as fit as the athletes I coach. Um, that's not my job, right? My, my, my job is, but I struggle with that. I really struggle to make that kind of segmentation. And, and so, yeah, I just think it's, again, like I'm still athletic, you know, I I don't think you can't, uh, not be athletic, um, and, and be a coach. I think you have to have your kind of head in the game, but I don't, yeah, there's just making sure for me that that separation was there and like to not let that define me and not let that impact how I felt about my expertise and like the impact and value I was bringing to my athletes. So that was, Mm. that was a big one. That, that that took some time. Yeah. Well, and and you're, I'd be interested because you're, I mean, you're still, I mean, you're an awesome athlete. Like you're still operating at a very high level and also doing great coaching. So you're, you know, and that's why I make the distinction too. Like you're, you're not, if you are in that space, it's not a negative, but I think we, for me, like I held onto that too long and that's where it was detrimental, right? Where I was like clearly not an elite level athlete anymore, but I, I was like, oh no, is this, like, is this, is this mean I'm less of a coach? And so there is, for me, there was like a divide there um, that I struggled with, like emotionally. Yes. And because, you know, you do hear from, like, there's definitely high level athletes who want people, who people want to coach them, right? And who might not even be coaches. And they just see the good results. And they must be like, oh, they must know what they're doing. And that's not the case. It's the, they don't like the implementation and the application of how to do these things to a broad scope people that's not what an athlete does uh, like that is strictly what a coach does but when you started to kind of go through this transition was it worse for your coaching or was it worse for your like physical self <laughs> like trying to like hang on to both of the things like w- were they equally as destructive <laughs> or like what was that like? Yeah, I, I, that's a great question. I don't think, I don't think it impacted my coaching, not like, not detrimentally, not negatively, but it impacted my ability to feel like I was being the coach that people expected, right? I felt like I was letting, I wasn't living up to my athletes expectations because I had it in my head. Now this wasn't the case. People were not working with me because of the things that most of them didn't even know that I had done anything, you know, like in terms of like winning races or what what disciplines I raced or the things I'd done. Um, But I felt like I was not living up to their expectations. And that certainly impacted like my communication skills, you know, so it, it did bleed into that. But to your question, I mean, that was definitely like that was a a mistake that had more like personal impact than, than like my coaching practice. Um, but I wasn't the best version of myself. So at the end of the day, I mean, there was definitely impact there. Um, because I was like, Oh, I don't know. You know, do I have to, is this what I have to do to be a coach? Like, do I have to 
you know, show up to races and win. And, and truthfully, like when I was honest with myself, I was like, that's not what I want to do. Right. Like I've, that's not where my head's at. Like I, I want to, I want to, I want my athleticism to manifest itself in different ways. And I don't need that to be in like speed or, or race finishes. Um, uh, and that was just, that's just where I'm at in my life. Um, but it really did like it impacted that. That was like a multi-year thing. Like I, I really struggled to, to figure out, like I hug onto it for a while. I clearly like wasn't getting the fitness that I had. Right. Like I was like, Oh, this is what you used to do when you were much younger. Um, and as it started to just kind of slip a little bit, I just like fought it and fought it and trained. I got injured. Um, I overtrained, burnout. Like I went through all the things. And finally I was like, oh, you know, maybe just don't. Yeah. Maybe it's just not where you're at. Like if you're honest with yourself, <laughs> just like just do something else or like do a diminished version of that and you'll be you'll be happy and, and fine. So, yeah, I don't know. It's that's a great it there's a lot of like there's a lot going on in there for sure but it it was super it was like a pivotal moment in kind of my trajectory as an athlete and a coach and you know all of those things combined that's probably coming <laughs> and i've never even thought about it in this in this way yeah but like yeah, i could I, <laughs> yeah. I, I will not look forward to wrestling with this yeah uh, I was saying I haven't necessarily thought of it in, in that yeah, in those terms. And sometimes I think about it with like, like my fire burns pretty hot when I'm uh, in the coaching when I am training at a, at a at a high level, but not even necessarily like the results, but like the training I I really enjoy, and it gives me joy to then like reflect on it and like cr- be creative around it. Um, so I don't know if I necessarily have the results tied to it, or if it's just something subconscious that's all working in there. Um, so yeah, this is just, this is, this is now enlightening. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's good. Cause I think that's where I landed. Like you have a, you have a jump on me cause I landed in that, like the, the passion mm-hmm. and joy of like the application of, of training. Like that's what I still find very, very engaging and, and like, taking kind of my craft as a coach and, and, and understanding how I can tweak that year after year on myself and like how my athleticism can evolve through that. So yeah, once to like, you're, you're way ahead of me. Like once I disconnected from kind of like speed results, like these, you know, kind of classic markers for success. Once I was able to get away from that, like it really opened up and I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm still fit. Right. I'm still like, very engaged in the training aspect like that's a critical component of my life but it's not equaling the same results or i had to like shift how i define success through that and once i was able to do that i uh i I was i was much better so you're you're ahead of the curve you might you'll never deal hopefully you'll never deal with like the you know emotional backlash that i had to deal with well at least now i'll be prepared at least now i'll i can i can be ready for it which is so thank you yeah okay so we're doing good. All right. We're on uh, to my number three. And it's a little bit of kind of how you're talking about with like the impact of uh, your conversations, but a little like twisted a little bit. So my number three is like not being clear on expectation. And this kind of falls more into the coaching philosophy kind of bucket. And uh, much like 
what you had said about the impact of the conversations of the, of the communication. This is something I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with and, and consistently changing around. Like the, the problem here is that I really want to provide like the best experience possible. And I just haven't quite figured out where that, where that lies with the communication and, and like needing to like make sure it all works together and, and laying that out, out out front to the athletes and not overextending myself or not worrying about needing to, to take a vacation and then coming back and everything's a disaster. Right. Or like, and, and not having the expectations laid out for myself, for what I'm responsible for as a coach and to the athletes that I coach for like what that's going to look like in terms of the implementation and just being and, and like creating that space for myself so that I can more or less rest and recover as a coach so I can be the best. So when I am on, I can give the best coaching possible to the athlete. You know what I mean? So I think it's a lot more about less about like the impact of the communication, more about like the, the frequency and just like what it looks like on my end, like throughout the course of uh, our coaching relationship and just like drawing those lines in terms like what, what, what we are and what we are not. And when I, when we should be like able to correspond together, I suppose. Mike, am I explaining this well? The, the best uh, response I have is I'm just going to give you my number two, which is uh, not defining expectations from the start. So we're, I mean, exactly the same. We're like, when trying, I mean, yeah, what you said is like, that's, that's, and that's why it's my number two. Like it's one of the most critical mistakes I've made as a coach is, is not literally like from the first conversation that I have with an athlete. Um, like, Hey, this is, these are my responsibilities. These are your responsibilities. What? And then asking the question, mm. what are your expectations? Right. What do you expect to get, gain, accomplish from this relationship? Because and the only like where my mind goes, and this is just a, like a piggyback to yours, is everybody, everybody comes to a coaching relationship. If you just ask an athlete, right, like, what do you want to get or what do you, you know, what are your expectations? I want to get more fit. I want to do well in this race. I want to, you know, it's, it's like outcome based, right? It's, it's, they're all the same, right? Everybody wants to, to maximize their potential fitness, um, race results, right? There's a few things I want to, what's, what else is there, right? Okay. I got that. Of course. Right. That's what I'm here for. Let's, let's make that happen as best we can. Mm -hmm. But in that process, what are your expectations, Right? How are we going to define success through the lens of the coach-athlete relationship? I, I, it's, it's clear for ninety-nine percent of athletes how they're going to define success from a, from a, you know, an execution perspective, from a prescriptive perspective. Right? Again, fitness. You're going to get faster. You're going to win a race. You're going to PR. You're going to, you know, whatever. Um, but that's not really. And this took me. This is kind of the the like nuts and bolts of this conversation, this, this, you know, my number two is like, that took me a while to get at. That was my biggest mistake was like, oh, my job as a coach is to produce PRs. M yes, maybe. 
but it's also really to deliver on the expectations of that athlete as it relates to their relationship with me. And, and what that means is that throughout this entire process, right, hopefully several seasons, there's lots of ways that an athlete can be, uh, can be disappointed mm-hmm. or can be excited, can be, you know, can be, can feel like this relationship is having impact. Um, so that's what like expectations, um, and, and, and asking questions that are not just like, like if an athlete and I, and I ask them, you know, I'll say like, what are your expectations? Athlete says, I want to win a race. Say, nope, try again. What else? <laughs> right. I got that. Of course. Like, yeah, what's, I, I want you to win a race too in whatever capacity we can make that happen in whatever timeline we have based on strengths, weaknesses, limiters, right? All the nuance of the, the physiological stuff, but like what else? Right. And, and so digging in and, and getting to that. So yeah. And, and I think, so what have you found? How have you navigated that with your athletes? Like, cause you mm-hmm. were, you were kind of in the communication lane for your number three, but like, how, yeah. how is and that, how is that it's, going? <laughs> Cause it's hard. It's, it's, I think well, once like the precedent's a, laid out, it's hard to hard. like retract once it's like, I've overextended myself. It's hard to, to, to pull it back. So much like what you said, like even before there's like an agreement that I will coach you as an athlete and we will start this, here's all the onboarding information. Like, let's get going. It's like, what, what it like, who, who do you want as a coach? Like, what is a coach to you? Like, what does it look like? And now I've been better at being like, okay, that's not me. You know, that's, mm. that's not who I am. Maybe this is Here's what I'll do. Like, how does this sound? Like, is this something you can wrap your head around? Or like, how about the, I know this other person type of thing. So like even sussing it out before it even starts has been something I've been much more proactive in doing, which as a younger coach, just getting started, is hard to turn away potential business. You know, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, well, I could do all that stuff. That's fine. Um, but now just being able to kind of start it out on that leg and having those in, like impactful conversations as those first ones, just to kind of like lay it out. It's like, okay, this is what it is. Like we're talking about your mindset. We're talking about like what you need to do to become like a better person out, like, because like what this training can do to help you become a better person and how that's all going to relate to your world. Right. And just, so it's more than just like the talking back and forth about like if a workout went well and like, I don't mind doing that uh, to some people if that's what makes that's, that's what helps things kind of come along. But I think just really sussing out right from the start and, and it kind of goes back to your number five, which is having, uh, a, 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 a mission statement to lean on so that I know who I am to as a coach and and what uh, an athlete can expect from me and then being able to kind of lay it out like right even from the jump and just being like that's not who I am so you you can you can fit in here or like there's other coaches that might be be for you so it's going better and and that's one thing and we've actually talked about this and some of the work that we've done previously is like I've started to not work on the weekends, you know, it's like, it's like, Hey, I'm not always around type of thing. And, and it's like, I will to some extent, but I need that. I do believe in the whole process of like working really hard and then recovering so that I can work really hard again. And there was times where I wasn't doing that. And I was always on and I was always like trying to uh, be where everyone was at all times. And then it's just like not a good recipe for sustainability and for a good product. So 
giving myself space to not be there all the time and also setting up those expectations from the front or some things that I've really kind of tried to implement. Yeah, man. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, it took me a long time to get there too. And truthfully, it's something I still struggle with because it's, it's something I'm passionate about. So I find myself, you know, slipping into or, or, you know, kind of like not minding, you know, the work, but it's, yeah, you can't, no one can, you know, you can't, you can't go full speed seven days a week and, and be that, person that you need to be for the people around you, right? Your athletes, your friends, your family, your, you know, so, but that I've been right there, the, you know, the expectation piece, like, you know, (laughs) I think, you know, maybe this is the, maybe this is the podcast where we just say it like coaches aren't on call, you know, like we're not doctors, you know, (laughs) you need like, I'm, I'm there. Right. And I'm, I, I got your back. I'm supportive. I'm emotionally invested. Um, I'm also outside, right? I'm also running. I'm riding my bike. I'm I'm hanging out. You know, I'm doing the things that that the athletes are doing, right? You got a long run on the weekend. Well, so do I. You know, and and um, I think that balance is good. You know, and that makes me a better coach. And and it doesn't diminish the the support and the relationship that the the coach brings to the table. But um, but so much of that is just getting it, mm-hmm. getting that. St- you know, lined out from the start, right? Making sure that, you know, hey, this is how I operate. This is how I'm the best version of myself. And this is how I can help you be the best version of yourself when we align on these critical pieces. Um, so, um, yeah. What's your what's your number two? I, I skipped ahead. Um, so, so what's your two? Yeah, no, that was perfect. Great segue. Uh, so this is more, this is kind of like a blend of nuts and bolts and, philosophy stuff but i used to really want to get to provide value quickly like from a physical standpoint so i would like kind of rush athletes into things you know like they're the thing that's kind of a trap of this endurance coaching is that it takes a long time to get like the results that people like really strive for you know so if someone comes and they're running a four hour marathon, they need to run, you know, whatever, three thirty to qualify for Boston. It's like probably not gonna happen in in sixteen weeks. You know, so it's like but I used to want to make sure that the the athlete was getting the value that they wanted and I was outside of what we have been talking about, outside of like where the impact actually was, and I wanted it to be the physical part. So I wanted to give them like this wow factor and like be like, Oh, I never, I never knew that. I never knew this part of running. I never, this, this workout, I never done these type of drills. I never done all this and that. And so I would really look for those type of things or like kind of move people into speed work too fast or just give people things that I wasn't sure if they were ready for, uh, because I just wanted to get them good results. And I was impatient as a coach, you know, and like, and that's something that, I've really needed to take a step back and be like, listen, if this, if this means easy, slow miles for six months, that's just like what you're going to have to do. And mm-hmm. so being able to have those impactful conversations and working toward that mindset and giving people a realistic idea of what a timeline actually looks like to get the the results that they really want to and having them buy in from that was kind of where it's gone, where before it was like, okay, like you could, like you could probably qualify for Boston at some point. I don't know how fast you could be. Like, let's see. And I would just like try to push too quickly for people. 
which is not a great way to get results in any in any fashion. So that's one thing I've really had to kind of take a step back and and, and know my value as a coach is not giving again cool workouts. So kind of ties into my number five, but um, for more of an implementation process, just like giving people what they need when they're ready for it, as opposed to uh, like getting in my own head about what they might expect from uh, a coach from the application part of things. Yeah. That's great. Oh man. I, I love, I, I love your, um, this is something that I, I've, um, had to lean into this. This was certainly could have easily been one of my mistakes. Cause I, I thought about it as I was kind of rolling this list around, but you, the, what you touched on is like, I don't know. I don't know what you're capable of. Right. Like I think that that, and this kind of gets into communication and expectations, but athletes, expect coaches i'm sure and you know i'm sure you've gotten this question was like how fast can i run boston i don't know right like all all we can do you know a, 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 a coach's job is to provide the appropriate you know again it's dose response right we put it we provide the opportunity for adaptation and then we pay attention to look to see what that adaptation is we listen to the athlete for cues based on what they're feeling. And then we, we make it progressive and try to stay within the parameters of that athlete's ability level. And that, and one, it's going to take way longer than you think, right? Like I, I, I did the same thing. I was always like 12 weeks. Yeah. We can get you to nationals in 12 weeks, right? We got it. World championship. (laughs) Sure. All we need, all we need is three months. Um, and, (laughs) and then they're like, well, what's my, you know, what's my time going to be? Oh, probably. Uh, yeah, I think you can run a 257. No, I don't know. Right. I have no idea. Um, all I'm doing is keeping my finger on the pulse so that we can pay attention so that we can make adaptations that are appropriate to your individual strengths and weaknesses. Right. And, and what we want to accomplish long term. And I, that's but that's yeah, that's for me. That was a big like coach maturity component. Right. It's just being like, I don't know. But let me tell you how we can work to figure it out, how we can work to realize and maximize your opportunity for success through the lens that you're talking about, through this lens of speed, through this lens of a Boston qualifier. But it's going to take this amount of time, right? We're going to need some runway um, and we're going to need to define success through lots of different lenses. And we're also just, we're not going to know right? We're not going to know until you show up and race and we're going to look to kind of uncover that potential. Um, but yeah, I did the same thing. I used to agree all the time. I was like, yeah, no, definitely. We can, um, <laughs> sure. You want to, you know, <laughs> whatever the time, like, I mean, all the time, right? Cause I, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to deliver. Right. And I was excited to deliver. I am excited to deliver, but now I, but, but now I work to define those expectations more clearly, which is the, which is the, the shift. Um, but yeah, it's great to hear you say that. Cause I, that rolled through my mind when I was making my list. I was like, eh. I, I definitely overpromised um, plenty of times and, and under delivered. I mean, you know, from the athlete's perspective, um, yeah. which is, which is, which, which sucks. <laughs> and, but it's also a matter of experience. Right. And like, I'm the same way. I won't ever say what an athlete can or can't run. And I have a hard time. Like, I can't like, what do you think? Like sometimes, what do you think I could run? A half marathon at right now it's like all right i'll look at it and be like all right it could probably be in a ballpark right now probably here but like down the road i don't know i'm not gonna tell you i have no idea because i don't 
like set your expectations the wrong way. Like I don't want to be wrong in either direction. But um, but it also takes time to understand like how long this stuff does take and how long and what type of athlete is going to respond differently. And like he's like, okay, for you probably three years for another athlete, probably five years. And like, you need to get a scope of athletes first. And as a younger coach, I just thought like it would just work, <laughs> you know, it's going to work. Like what I'm doing, it'll work. Like people will get good results in some amount of time. So uh, just knowing now, like how different everything is and how long things actually take is, mu- is much helpful with that, with that piece. Um, yeah. So don't do that anymore. All right. For sure. Yeah, not doing that. Are you ready? Number one. Number one. We're here. We've, I've arrived. I would. I want to. Yeah, drum roll. We won't do it because uh, it'll make everything rattle. But yeah, <laughs> imagine the drum roll. Yeah, and I'm not um, gonna. I'm not gonna edit it into this. I'm not gonna. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. That would be. Yeah. That's that's next level. You know, we'll get. No, no. Um. <laughs> so yeah, number number one. Um. Actually, and I made a note here. It's 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 actually my number one, and not that this is matters either way, but it's very similar to your number five. Um, is coaching, coaching the the training, not the athlete, right? Mm-hmm. So, and we've 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 touched on this. It's clearly something that you and I are both passionate about and have realized is this idea that like the training plan. It does not matter if it doesn't align with the athletes, right? Whether that's expectations, um, ability level, uh, the timeline needed to execute on that, how it fits into their life. How So I used to, and just like you said, like I used to be like, this is the science, right? This is, if you want to run uh, a 50 miler in, you know, in the fall, this is the plan. And I would just like, you know, stick to the plan and then things would be going sideways or, or it wasn't eliciting the results. And I, I was like, well, this is, this is what works, right? This is, you got to do this or nothing at all. Um, and that is completely opposite of how I coach now. Like I, I'm, I'm really, um, you know, I'm not super interested in following like a set periodization schedule, right. Or a plan. I'm, I'm, I, I work to maximize that athlete's time and potential for every given week, right? Based on what they have going on in their lives, based on how they're feeling, based on what our long-term goals are. I'm making sure that we're moving in that direction, but it's always kind of through the lens of, does this work for the athlete, right? And I and I just ask athletes, I say, hey, is this, you know, I'll put out what I, what is like, what I feel like is the best approach, for like a four week block from a training perspective. And then I'll just, I'll ask the athlete, Hey, does this, does this feel good? Right. Do you think this is realistic? Does this align with your expectations for how your training is going to go? Um, does this fit into your plans for your life? Right. Is this, you know, you know, maybe 15 hours would be great, but if that's not doable for the athlete, let's back it down. Right. Let's figure out how to make it work. So that. And, and that really, for me, that like encapsulates my, my one through four, right? Like there's an expectation piece, there's a communication piece, there's an impact piece. Um, that's like my mission statement piece and like how I can provide that impact. And it's, it's, and like I said before, it's, it's not being a training plan factory, right? Like my job as a coach 
is not to produce the best training plan. It's to produce the best training plan for an individual. And that looks wildly different than like a 12 week periodized build program or base program or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I want to write training that's impactful for the athlete, not for like the science, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like, yeah, I I, want to coach the athlete and not write the best training plan, quote unquote. Um, right. And what I've found over the years is like, that's always more impactful. Um, because it, because it aligns with the athlete, right? Like I'm like, so uh, yeah, that, that transition for me has been the biggest, like, that's my coaching style, right? Like that really, again, like that's, that encapsulates everything. Like that's who I am as a coach. That's the passion I bring to the coach athlete relationship. Um, I'm like, yeah, we'll make it work, right? Whatever works for you. That's the training I'm writing. I don't care if it's not the perfectly periodized, you know, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. Like I can speak to that, but if it doesn't work, then we'll fit, we'll try something else. Um, and we'll make it work for the athlete. So that's my number one. Such a good one. Like, and whenever I, and this is something I try not to do anymore. Cause as a young coach, I would do this all the time. Like compare what I would do to what another coach would do. I don't know what other coaches are doing. I don't know what their philosophies are. I don't know who the athletes are that they are, they're coaching, but like, I am always a little weary of someone who is so hard set on, science and like metrics like if you only coach by like heart rate training it's like that's the only thing like then what is the what is the uh, how are you operating as a coach and like what else what are you doing like and eventually this stuff is all going to be automated like there's going to be like artificial intelligence it's going to be able to take as everything gets better as like the the ways that we're able to track our movement and our metrics improve there's going to be some sort of ai that's going to be able to crunch these numbers and spit out better training programs than we could like there's just going to be so much data around there and it's just going to, mm-hmm. it's going to be automated so it's like it's not even coaching at that point if it's just something that isn't going to separate you from anybody else so it is it is just such an important thing and it's just as something as a young again as a young coach I, and when i was like trying to gather up as much information as I could from other coaches and learning about this process. I used to hate these type of answers. (laughs) I used to just be like, well, tell me what to do. Tell me how to do it. Like, tell me what it is I need to do. And it's just so clear that it, there is, it isn't always, it depends. It's always going to be an experience thing, which is frustrating for people who are trying to get into it. At least I can speak for myself. It was frustrating for me trying to like break into an industry of that is so nuanced where I just wanted it straightforward. Like, tell me what to do. Tell me what not to do. Um, but that's just kind of how it works. And I, and I'm with you. Yeah. 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 And if you, you know, I, I, yeah, you know, I, I'll just add to like, I think you're exactly right. Like if a coach is just writing a training plan, there's plenty of great training plans out there that are cheaper than what the coach is providing. Like, that's not the value, right? Like, and I think the sooner a coach realizes that or coaches in general, and I don't want to get on a soapbox and like, you know, I'm not, looking down on, you know, every coach is entitled to their own principles and philosophies. And that's what makes coaches, you know, great because that's what allows coaches to make that connection. But the value is the relationship, right? That's a, it has to be that because otherwise it's just like you said, it's going to be automated, right? Like if you're just, if you're just pumping out 16 week plans, um, you know, you're going to be out of a job and five years, right. Or whatever it is, right. Like you, you have to coach the athlete, right. Like that's the, the, the passion and drive and the commitment to that athlete 
that's what makes a coach, right? And then the training plan component is layered in. You know, I always say, like, I tell my team, I'm like, the prescriptive piece comes second, right? Coach the athlete, listen to the athlete, communicate, then write, then prescribe training. And if you do that, you'll always be successful because you're, you're coaching, your training is going to align with the needs, expectations, goals of that athlete versus just like, oh, this is my best 12-week, you know, century ride training plan. Um, that's not where we shine as athletes or as coaches. That's not where we're doing our best work, um, I, I think. You know, I'll probably get flack for that, but yeah, no. And I like what you said about that. It's like, if you're just put, putting out programs, like you're going to be, you're going to cycle through athletes because they're going to leave. They're not going to work. Like, it's just not, it's not going to be good coaching and it's going to be, and it's going to shine through based off of like the retention that you're having and like the experience and the reputation that you're going to garner. So it's just like, it's not a good way to do it. Yeah, I, <laughs> Don't I, do I agree. All right, I'm ready. What's your number one? Drum roll. <laughs> my number one. My number one is I used to be, and to certain respect, I am self, but I used to be really worried about like losing clients. And I think this is a, and I don't necessarily call them clients. I usually call them athletes. I don't usually call them my athletes. They're like athletes who I coach, whatever in the semantics of how they're referred to. But like the people who are paying me to be their coach, I used to be so concerned about just keeping them at all cost. And it's just kind of a lot of what we talked about, kind of, it's kind of like the base, like the overarching reason why I made a lot of these mistakes were because I was worried about just money coming in, you know, and just like doing things that I thought I was supposed to be doing to make the client, the the athlete happy, um, as opposed to giving them the experience and leaning on my own experience and expertise to give them the best possible product. And it also like really hurt my like authenticity and that, so that kind of, it relates back to the mission statement thing and just, it really stretched me thin and, and it made it really hard to do everything kind of. It like was hard to, to do marketing that way. If I didn't, if I was trying to do things that other people were doing, or if I was trying to copy what, like a coach that gets a lot of uh, like sales in what they were doing, like, but it wasn't true to myself, it wouldn't work. It would be like the same thing as to the guests that I speak to on this podcast. If it was people that like when it's people like you who I've a, a joy to talk to, it's a great product, right? And if I'm inauthentic to myself, it's not as good. And it, it's just something that has tr- always been a recipe for disaster for me is trying to do things that are outside of what I truly believe or, or, or feel is right, <laughs> you know? And that I, that leads me when I worry about losing athletes from the from my roster is like a complete disaster and it's not a good way to be a coach not a it's not a healthy way to live it's and it's just like misunderstanding what my function is and how i can provide the best value and it would just be the only thing that i would recommend for for young coaches or for most of like don't worry about it if you're passionate about this if if you're always want to learn and grow and you want to present yourself as a as a great coach and be a great coach like the athletes are going to come to you and the people that you, that you are going to be taking on are going to be people who you really connect with eventually down the road like you're like I found that I've just made such good connections with the athletes who are kind of gravitated toward me that I don't need to worry about it the way that I used to 
Um, so I really tried to kind of stay in my lane now and not need to worry about the outside, like whatever factors I can't control. Cause you know, I can't. And if I start to worry about what, like when people are going to come and go, it just never goes well. Yeah. I think it, it yeah, it's hard. I mean, like you said, it, you know, and so much, so much of that, you know, I think can be, again, it layers into a lot of what we talked about, you know, like our one through five collectively, but yeah, if you lead from that like scarcity mindset from the start and you're inauthentic to yourself and you're not you're not clear on what you're trying to accomplish, what you bring to the, you know, the value you bring to 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 athletes, how you coach, your mission, vision, values and so on. Um you're just not the best version of yourself, you know, and like you said, it's not it's not productive and um yeah, I did the same thing, you know, and and I always I always want you know, long-term impactful relationships with the athletes that we work with. But by nature, the coach athlete relationship is designed to, to, to part ways, right? Like the, the end goal is that you've provided the athlete enough tools and resources and confidence that they can go, they can go on, right? Like you, it's not gonna, it's not a lifetime thing. Now, you know, you can stay in touch with that athlete or you can be a resource, but inevitably like you you know you you get them to a point where they they feel like they can self-navigate right or they they need other resources right they need to work on uh work with another coach that provides different expertise or different values so you know i i think also just being to your point like knowing and being confident and secure if and when that relationship uh ends and as long as you brought like the passion that you have to that relationship, like that's, that's your, you know, that's our job as a coach and, and you kind of, you know, did right, so to speak by, by that athlete. So, um, yeah, but it's such a hard thing to le- to come out. Like if you're again, like you said, like if you're a newer coach, it's scary as hell, right? Like that's your, like you gotta pay your, you gotta pay your mortgage or something, right? Like that's a pay cut. I mean, it's hard. Um, I was right there. You're like, an athlete leaves, you're like, it is. holy shit, that's, you know, whatever amount of money a year. Like, I mean, you, you know, you could like do the math. You're like, I just got demoted, right? Like, um, and uh, that that sucks. Yeah. Um, so I, I I say all that knowing too, like how challenging that is, you know, if you're if you're building in your athlete roster. Um, but that's good advice. Yeah. To your point, like I think if you can make sure to coach the right athletes versus all the athletes. Um, right. Like that's what you try to, when you're a newer coach, you're like, like we said, you're like everybody, sure. I, I don't know anything about, you know, mountain climbing, but I'm sure I can figure it out. Like, yeah, come on board. Right. <laughs> and that's not, that's not the best. Uh, that's not the best recipe. Um, man, I love it. Your number one's great. Totally. And like, if you had, that's killer. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and like, it's just a matter of like, I had a co- I had a coach say to me one time, it's like, oh, people in this area are so like cheap, like because they're like worried about. It's like, well, that's not the case. It's just like you're not you're not showing your value, right? If people are do not are not in to like pay what you are trying, what you are worth charging, and if you can't present that value, it's like there's no. I don't think, and like you know, they're they're it's going to be hard to to be a gazillionaire in this industry, right? But like if you're true to who you are and you like provide a tremendous amount of value to athletes that you can really help, like 
you can you can do it and you can continuously do it. And like you said, you can lead out the lifespan of a relationship. And when it ends, like I usually know, like I'm rarely blindsided anymore. You know, it's just like, hey, we've done this and this. I need to I need to change directions or whatever. And it's like I, I feel it. It's fine there. And there's going to be more people who are like you who are going to want to need help and we'll be here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good. I'm glad. Yeah. It's it's not a it's not a race to the bottom. You know, I think that that would be another you know if i had a number 6 it'd be like yeah having confidence in that value proposition right and 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 knowing that like it's okay to put a price on that and and that when when the athlete aligns with with that value proposition that the 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 price structure is appropriate right like you know so many coaches are just out there you know charging 20 bucks a month or something, you know, just beat themselves to death for, um, you know, and, and like lean into it, right? Like be passionate, make a, and, and make a living, right? Like don't, don't charge. Uh, I'm just, I'm amazed at some of the coaches I hear about and talk to that. I'm like, how, how is that? You can't, you can't survive that way. It's not sustainable, right? You can't put in that level of work and bring that drive and passion and, and, and not make the money that you should be making, you know, I mean, not to get in. So, yeah, I think you're, that's a huge one. That's, I think if, you know, if I have a soapbox, that's, I have several soapboxes, but that's definitely one of them. It's like, Hey, you know, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to, you know, and that, and like, and the, the right at athletes that value that are, are going to be, that's okay. Right. Like, I mean, it can't be exorbitant, but you know, if you're in line with, what's realistic for your time. Like that should be a, that should be an easy conversation to have with athletes, right? With the right athlete, they should see that. And that, and that's a, that's a, that's a healthy conversation to have. And it's a good place to be. And, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think that's a, that's a whole nother, you know, it's a whole other thing, but it's so, so important. Like don't, yeah, don't, don't race to the bottom. Yeah, and that could be a whole di- like yeah. I feel like we could go for because I, I I like think about this like when conversations with other other like in my own process and like building that up and the value of coaching, building that up and knowing where that is, um, and then trying to relate that to other younger coaches like ah uh, like don't charge yeah forty or fifty bucks a month like just like just don't even start there <laughs> like don't even like like but I don't know how to quite uh convince them like how because I was there too like I've definitely charged that. Like, I was like, I just need, I just want to work with anybody. And whoever wants to pay me anything, great. Right. But it, it's, it's just like, it's a hard place to like figure out when, when, like where to start, you know? Right. I know. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's just hard to backpedal too, right? Like if you start from that place, those conversations that ultimately will follow, which is, Hey, I need to raise my prices are are challenging. Like, so don't put yourself in that position. And, and then I, you know, I, this is kind of a hard thing to say, cause I don't want to, we've all been there, but like it, it devalues the entire industry, right? Like if someone out there is saying they're providing the same service that me and you are providing at seven times the rate or, you know, whatever it is, like that's how that makes it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't help to elevate the 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 true value and i and this is something that you know me and you and like i am over the top passionate about 
what a coach can bring to an athlete's life. I don't mind charging for that, but it, but it, it devalues the entire relationship, right? Like I, I really advocate for some level of consistency, right? Like new coaches, right? We can't be so divided, right? Like this coach is like, well, I can do the same thing that Rich is doing, but I can do it for 30 bucks a month. And you're over here saying like, Hey, I promise I'm going to bring like, this is my value. And they're like, well, why is your value so much more than this coach's value? <laughs> right? Like, um, it's, it's really oh, challenging, yeah. right? Like there, there should be a cohesion there where we're working to elevate, um, that value proposition as a, as a group of individuals, you know, as much cohesion as there can be. Um, and it, it gets, it's very challenging, you know, and it's, it's something that is, I think this industry could stand to to pivot on um, is is like, you know, <laughs> making sure that just not uh, devalue the relationship and the and the value that that we bring. But, you know, again, that's a hard thing to do. Easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. The devaluing the whole. Yeah. Devaluing. Right. The whole industry part is like something that kind of kills me, too. It's like, ah, this person now now that now that per, in that person's mind, they think what their coaching experience will be is what they received for the 30, 40 bucks a month. And it's just like, it's just not, that's just not what it is now forever. They're going to think like, Oh, coaching is not worth it or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of people out there. So ab- abundance mindset. That's what, that's where yeah. we're coming from. No, no scarcity. scarcity. No, I mean, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the coach can be extremely value, you know, valuable. And I think, you know, most athletes lives. So, you know, again, coming from a place of, it's not just for elites. It's not just for PRs. It's for like, and you said it like, you know, making, making sure that the pursuit of that athleticism impacts and adds value to other areas of that athlete's life as well. Right. Like that's the true value of athleticism is that it makes you a better person in all facets of your life by like that, that dedication to the pursuit of your full potential. Uh, and that's where a coach shines, right? Is like helping you uncover that and it makes you better in, right? You shine in other areas as well, right? It's not just about PRs. So if we if we come at it with that mindset, you're like, that's your, that's the surplus, right? Like that's, that's every athlete, right? Anyone who identifies um, as an athlete, that's, that's where the coach can shine, you know, and that's what, that's the value they, they can bring to those individuals, no matter what you're trying to accomplish. Um, so, all right, I'll get down off my soapbox now. That's it. Well, that was the perfect cherry on top. Taylor Thomas, you're the man. I really appreciate you popping on, hanging out with me, doing, going through this exercise. I've really enjoyed it. So where can the people find you? We got the endurance minded podcast. Uh, where, where, where can people find you if they want more Taylor Thomas? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Endurance by the podcast, um, on all platforms, uh, new episode releases every other Tuesday. Um, and, uh, very similar to conversations like me and you had. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then, uh, Thomas endurance coaching.com. And you can find us on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Thomas endurance coaching. Just look us up. And, um, yeah, if anybody has any questions, reach out. I'm available. Uh, we're available, uh, easy to get a hold of. So, uh, happy to, uh, happy to be a resource and, and whatever, uh, whatever capacity I can for anybody who's interested. Perfect, man. Well, I appreciate it. Appreciate you. And this is a signing off. <laughs>